with me for a happy hour beer hey no problem i'm really excited to have a beer with you me too hey bartender can i get two rolling rocks you know what rolling rocks remind me of no what a little tune that goes like this you're right that does remind me of the uh katamari damasi video game for the playstation 2 that was a good game it was designed by keita takahashi and published by namco and it was released in march of 2004 in japan and september of 2004 in america this is a quirky third-person puzzle game with a indie-like feel that was published by a very big company back then. Yes, it was. And you know what? This Rolling Rock sucks. Even though it reminds me of Katamari. Uh, let's get something else. Hey, Barkeep. Can you give me one of those Lucis Naturais from Evergreen Brewing Company? Thank you, thank you. Let's crack this open. Let's take a little sip. Mm. Yum. That's so much better. Already so much better. So the transliteration of Katamari Damasi is Katamari Tamashi. Katamari equals lump or mass, and Tamashi equals spirit or soul. I mean, say what you will, but Lumpy Soul would have been such a fun title. It also reminds me of like, could have been like a funk band or something lumpy soul lumpy soul right yeah <laughs> so kieta takahashi said once in an interview that the design for katamari damashi came from when he was on a crowded bus as a kid and he just wanted to roll up everything to feel less claustrophobic takahashi also cited two concepts that led to the inspiration of katamari the first was a prototype shown by Sony called Densen, Japanese for power line, that had the player as a young girl traverse floating islands of various homes connected by power lines. The game, though never released, gave Takahashi the idea that the ordinary world could be made interesting with only small changes to perception, and that a game could be fun without the need to cause violence. The second idea was from the game of Tamagashi Kakagagashi, played in Japanese schools, ondake, or sports days. In Tamakoragashi, that's how I meant it the first time, <laughs> students attempt to push a giant ball into a goal. Both those ideas led to him thinking of a game where spinning a ball would roll ordinary stuff into it, making the ball larger and larger over time. Takahashi wanted to make a simple game with no enemies, bring the silly back into gaming. His background was in sculpture, and he loved video games, but he did not want to make a normal action game or typical RPG. He only had a million-dollar budget to work on this, and less than 20 people on his team. That's not a lot for back then. I mean, especially for back then. Yeah, I mean, At any time, really. Yeah, people were developing games for the PlayStation 2 with a much larger budget at that point, so that was a pretty tiny little chunk for him to start working with. Exactly. 
So the main objective in this game is to roll a ball, which is called a katamari, and absorb objects that it comes into contact with. It's almost like this ball has its own gravity field, or it's super sticky and clings onto any objects that are smaller than itself. So you start off rolling up small objects like tacks, dice, cherries, and then progressively pick up bigger and bigger objects like people, cars, and buildings. The controls are so simple that you can explain it to a non-gamer, and they should be able to grasp it onto the concept within seconds. You only use the two thumbsticks on the PS2 controller. So pushing them both forward, you move the ball forward. Pushing them both back, you move it back. Push them to the left, left, and vice versa to the right. If you want to turn around the Katamari ball, you push one forward and one backwards. If you want to quickly flip around the Katamari ball, which I use all the time, you click both the thumbsticks in at the same time. That makes the prints jump over the Katamari ball 180 degrees, and you can start rolling the opposite direction. If you rapidly push up and down on each thumbstick opposite of each other for a second or two, the prints will spin the Katamari ball super fast, and you will blast off in the direction you are facing. This is good for rolling up bigger objects or just going through a level faster, but it's hard to con control, and I personally don't use it that often. I also don't use that one often either. No. I just kind of roll around and then flip myself and continue to roll. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, the story of Katamari Damacy is an interesting one. Um, when you look at this game, you don't normally, you wouldn't normally think like, oh, this has a really great storyline or anything. And it doesn't, um, but it has... It has the best storyline. <laughs> no, it's not like an in-depth story. You know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah, like it's there's any simple. wild twists or turns. It's a very simple... Well, to go with, almost to go with the graphics, it's very simple. Mm -hmm. um, but Takahashi did think of these characters previous to this game um, when he was, like, trying to figure out, you know, like, what was he going to make? Like, what game was he going to create? And he had these ideas, like you had said earlier... But these characters he kept with him and thought like, oh, we can use these characters at a different game. So that's kind of how he came up with uh, the prince and the king of the cosmos, who we will talk about in a moment. Um, so your father, the king of the cosmos, uh, is this radical looking dude with this big old crown and these chiseled cheekbones. And he's absolutely packing. Um, he got super drunk one night, probably on the same beer we're drinking right now. Right. Uh, and he destroyed all the planets and the stars in the universe. You know, that would really suck if you had... A, the, the power to do that? Well, if you had an alcoholic father <laughs> who could destroy the entire universe. <laughs> I think that yes. would be just the next level terrible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so basically, he's just a, a jerk at that point. Um, so he destroys everything, and then he's like, oh... I don't want to take care of this. So he looks to you, this five centimeter tall prince of the cosmos, mm -hmm. uh, this little green guy who is his son, which is you. And he says, go to Earth, which is the last remaining planet, and roll everything up uh, and make new planets and constellations with it um, because everything is made from stardust, technically. I think Neil deGrasse Tyson once said that or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... The king of the cosmos, um, like I said, he's a very chiseled, very... Uh, a beautiful man. Beautiful man, absolutely. Actually, if you just, you know, feast your oh, eyes on my... I see your socks. My socks. Very nice. <laughs> I got in spirit today. Um, the socks that I'm wearing are king of the cosmos socks today. Um, so he was actually modeled after Freddie Mercury from Queen. And his body was inspired by the Japanese ballet dancer Tetsuo Kumakawa. And he also talks only in record scratches, which is interesting. There's no real dialogue from this very main character. He just talks like, which, 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 yeah, I mean, sort of like the peanuts, you yes. know, um, but he does have all of his vocals written out and they're very obscure and very weird. Yes. Yeah. He, he talks about how he's sending things to earth, like movies and elephants and Plants, plants, and, and things like that. Yeah. yeah. So he has a lot to say for sure, but um, and he also talks about like when you start to make things. He also says like hello, basically in different languages. Mm. And he's like, oh, you should go visit this place. Just kidding. You really can't because you've got a ton of work to do. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. So he's he's very cultured. 
Um, but there's also a side story happening besides the prince and the king of the cosmos. Um, it fo- follows the Hoshihono family. There's a father whose name is Tomino Hoshihono, who he's an astronaut, and his missions frequently get called off due to some space danger. And then the mother is Mizui Hoshihono, and she's a lovely housewife who often enjoys taking her children out and visiting many places. And there's a son whose name is Mutsu, and he is a young boy who often sees and notices the happenings of what's going around him. And then there's my favorite, the daughter, Michiru. And she's a young girl, and she has a strange connection with the cosmos, as she can feel if it's in danger and detect its well-being. And she said, oh, I feel it. I feel feel the the cosmos. cosmos. So, yes, she is feeling the cosmos. Uh, Hoshihono is Japanese for Starfield, which alludes to this space theme of this game series. Uh, So the king of the cosmos sends you to Earth to make all the new planets and stuff like that. And so you start small essentially like you said earlier you're starting in a bedroom and you start rolling up tacks and dice and small pieces of games and food and things like that um and then eventually you open up as your katamari ball gets bigger to other rooms in the house outside of the house and you go to the town then you go all of a sudden you're rolling up the whole city um so yeah the only objective really is to uh get this katamari ball to a certain size that the king of the cosmos asks you to before the time runs out um so obviously the first couple letter uh, levels is a small katamari ball so you're only talking a couple of centimeters really i think Mm -hmm. um and like i said before the prince is five centimeters so that's really like your starting point in a lot of these is like a very couple of centimeters you really learn about sizes in this game like yeah Every every object has a size to it, and every object is categorized in this game. Like, there's an inventory that you can actually access yeah. in the menu and be like, how big is this bookcase? How big is this car? You know, how big is this cherry? Yeah, and I think the other th- cool thing is, like, as you roll stuff up, there's things that we don't have in America yes. that they have in Japan. Like a lot of food items A lot and of stuff. food, a lot of decor, Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like, I'll say traditional kind of things like, I don't know, decorations for holidays and things like that that yeah. they have that we wouldn't have here. So they have a lot of that. And I kind of learned some of those names from that. There's also the people give their names. When you look in the inventory, you can see the people who you rolled up, True. what their names are and stuff like that. So it's interesting that they gave all these little characters names too. I think that's kind of fun. Um, but these... uh. These planet levels, there's a couple of them. And then you also have the constellations. Um, so the constellations, it doesn't really matter so much as how big your Katamari ball is, but instead they want you to roll up a certain kind of object. So Bo was talking about how there's different categories like food and office supplies and you know animals and things like that. So um, for instance, like on the Gemini, which is a symbol for twin, you need to roll up twins or pairs. But so you can roll up like, you know, obviously there'd be two people walking together that look similar. Yeah. Obviously twins. But then there might be like a boot laying on the ground. Yeah. Like two boots, like a pair of boots isn't necessarily twins because it's a left and a right. Right. But you know? then there's some boots you could roll up and it says two boot, left sides. Boot, younger brother. Boot, yeah, yeah. Older yeah. brother. I yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. so much. It's like, why, why does this? why does this fence have a sibling and how exactly. did you gender it? You yeah. know, but so that's kind of like what the twin one is, which is a very fun one to play. I was just playing it uh, yeah. yesterday and I was just like, Oh wow. There's like 20 different telephones on the ground mm-hmm. and I'm rolling up each one, but only two of them out of the 20 we're actually twins for yeah. some reason. You and know? it doesn't it doesn't have like a certain like it's not different colored or there's not yeah. like a different something on it. It's like that's it just, it just so happens that those two are twins for yeah. some reason, but they all look the same. But uh another constellation would be Pisces, which is a symbol for fish. So you roll up anything aquatic in that level. But then you get to my two awful levels that I hate so much. <laughs> But also love a lot. Um, I've been putting more time into these levels recently. And one is Taurus and the other is Yursa Major. So both of these levels have a twist to them. 
you can only pick up one certain type of object in this level and then the game is over or that level is over. So in the Taurus, it's a cow. And in Yursa Major, it's a bear. And you only have 10 minutes on each level and you try to make your Katamari as big as possible while avoiding all the bears or cows until you're big. So once you get big enough, you look for the biggest cow or the biggest bear. But the whole time you're trying to avoid all the small bears and all the small cows or anything that might be a small cow or small bear. Yeah, because once you hit that, it's done. It's like, oh, congratulations, yeah, you did like, it. Yeah, it's boom, like, boom, 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 oh, no. level's over. And then the king's like, hey, you know, you picked up the smallest fucking cow. So, like, right in the beginning of Yursa Major, uh, you can roll up a gold bear trophy. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, right next to you, and it doesn't look like a bear. Nothing about it looks like a bear. But once <laughs> you roll it over, it's like, oh, bear trophy, uh, level's over. So you can get frustrated and just move on to the next level. Like you beat the level, but it's very tiny. Yeah. But the point of the game is to get as big as possible. So you just want to keep going back to it until you get to a satisfactory bear or cow size. Yeah. I usually, well, I mean, in my replay uh, recently, I usually just like hit the first bear so I can move on and just be like, I'm done and I'll come back to it. Um, that's how I used to do it too. Yeah. But that's definitely, that one requires like a lot of this game doesn't require a lot of strategy, but that one def that level Mm -hmm. definitely does. Like if you actually want to get a decent size, then you really have to think about it and you know, remember where things are and stuff like that. Yeah. And really work the camera to look at every object as best as possible and be like, uh, that umbrella sort of looks like it has spots on it. Like a cow. Maybe I shouldn't (laughs) hit that one, you know? (laughs) So, when the time limit is reached in each level, the king of the cosmos pops up, pukes out a rainbow, and teleports you back to space where the king holds you in his hand and judges you how well you did. For the most part, he is always dissatisfied and says you can roll up more things. If for some reason you fail to get the Katamari to the desired size, the king will banish you to a dark space and lightning bolts will come out of his eyes at you. And he screams and is angry and you're just a little trembling prince with a father that is so disappointed in his son and it's like the whole universe is falling apart. Literally. And then you have the option to retry the level or go back to your home planet. (laughs) But during that time also, if you do beat the level and you do find a secret present in the level, you get a little item that you can customize your prints with. Mm-hmm. So you could get like a little camera or a little scarf that you can wear. Yeah. And you can also find your cousins mm-hmm. in each level. So there's one cousin and one present per level. And your cousins look as quirky as you, if not quirkier. Um, but you can play as them as well, I believe. Or at least in versus mode. Yeah, so... Um, when it comes to the presents, uh, yeah, it's like one hit. It doesn't tell you what the present is. It just says, like, there's a present. And um, you have to try to figure out what it is. Like, as you roll it up, it'll eventually be like, oh, there it is. Yeah. And you, a lot of times you don't know what it is. <laughs> like, you just rolled up a bunch of shit and you're like, oh, I guess it's in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you can customize your little prints and he can wear, like, I think the other day I unlocked a, a chef's hat, which is super mm-hmm. cute. He's got this real tall little chef's hat and a little That's scarf. Cute. And you can wear those things while you're, you you can customize your character, essentially. Um, and then the cousins you unlock is in, in versus mode. So there is a two-player mode in this game. Um, you can play one person is the prince, one person is the cousin, which is basically just the prince, but like another color yeah. scheme, essentially. Um, and then you guys try to roll up who can roll up the biggest katamari first essentially is what the versus mode is um the two-player mode in this game or Um, or it can be like uh i was just playing one last night with a friend and could be like who can pick up the most pencils yeah yeah so there there can be like definitely ones that are specified what you're supposed to get like we talked about with the constellations but mostly it's just like who can get the biggest katamari pretty much before time runs out but yeah so that does those are a couple cool little collectibles in the game and um the two-player mode but let's talk about one of my favorite things about this game which is the music 
So um, the music is super cheerful with happy pop songs playing in Japanese, uh, a little bit in English. And it's a lot of feel-good, catchy tunes that keep you alert and wanting to roll up a lot more things. Uh, the music in Katamari Damacy was widely hailed as imaginative and original, winning both IGN and GameSpot's soundtrack of the year in 2004. Uh, this was also considered to be one of the game's best features. So the soundtrack is actually called Katamari Fortissimo Damacy, um, and it's 21 songs long. So there's 20 songs in the game, and then there's a bonus track called Katamari March Damacy. It's pretty, pretty sick. You look that up. Um, Can you sing it for us? No, I don't. I actually don't know that one off the top of okay. my head because it's not in the game. So like, I, you don't really hear it. It's unless like a remix you, or something. No, it's it's kind of like a. I don't know. It's almost like it's like a march kind of feeling okay. song, but it's in the style of Katamari. So, so the soundtrack is an eclectic composition which features elements of traditional electronic video game music as well as heavy jazz, samba, and bossa nova influences. Most of the tracks were composed by Yu Miyaki and feature vocals from many popular J-pop singers. Uh, J-pop is Japanese pop. Who don't know? <laughs> Uh, I honestly thought there was only K-pop, so well, yeah, there you there go. There you go. Makes sense. So the lyrics are in Japanese, English, or a mixture of nonsensical rhythmic sounds, sometimes almost like a scat kind of sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yu Miyaki, who was the composer, he um, wandered around the halls while working at Namco, humming and singing into a small handheld recorder and in order not to lose his inspiration. And then one of the original recordings can be heard in the beginning of Katamari Damacy, which is actually called Katamari Nana on the soundtrack. (laughs) So uh, a couple of my favorite tracks, um, and you can hear them when you look them up, or pretty much most of these are very early on in the game when you play them. Uh, Katamari on the Rocks, which is the main theme and probably one of the most catchy video game songs ever. Like right up there with Mario. I think this is... If you yeah. if you sung it, somebody would know it. You know? Um, and then there's a little piece that I want to talk about when it comes to this song. So I don't know if you know this at all. I'm going to play it for you, Bo, here in person. Okay. Um, and hopefully Sam can cut it in a little bit. Okay. Um, but there is a song, and it is... I'll find it. Cut that part off. Sorry. There is a song called Les Fleurs by Minnie Ripperton. Okay. Never heard of it. It's the album Come to My Garden, which was released in November 1970, which is mm. an R&B soul album. And then if you listen to the chorus, which comes in at about 1.15 for those listening, and Sam, who's putting this on, let me put it on for you and tell me if you recognize this theme. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That actually sounds really good. Yeah. It's yeah. a banging song, actually. It is a banging song. I want that vinyl. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a really good song. And I had not heard it before until it came on one time. I think it was like either on like a random Spotify uh, playlist or something I was listening to. And I was like, wait a fucking second. Yeah. Hold the phone. And I rewinded it and listened to it again. And I was like, what is this? What is this? And I was like, is this a, like a modern song? And they were playing off. No, reverse. I don't know if he knew this song. Oh, I'm sure. But I could not find anything that said he intentionally pulled the the exact line from the chorus and put it in his song. But it's the same exact tone, pattern, everything. Oh, absolutely. So it's really cool that that song which is also a banger, became this, essentially. You know, they, they go hand in hand. Now. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that song. That's really cool. Katamari on the Rocks and the Katamari Na Na is essentially La Fleur by Minnie R- Ripperton. 
I love it. So fun piece of trivia. Um, another banger off of this is a uh, lonely rolling star. I'm gonna try this one. <laughs> I gotta play a little bit though. Okay. So I can hear it. try to do it for you so the problem with this is that i mean it is in japanese so for us it's just like kind of almost sounds like gibberish yes just because we don't know what the words are um but it works out really well and there is an english remixed version Mm. of it uh, out there somewhere i can't remember who did it um but yeah this is like a a song that has a lot of like heavy synth and pop influence in it it's very upbeat and happy it just makes you feel good like this absolutely and it's just a great song. Um, then there's another song. It's called Fugue Number 777. Mm. And this song, it comes in when you talk to the king. So it's this heavy organ. It's like, da-da. And then, nope. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> because then it, it goes, da-da. And then it starts yes. going into this, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So it's like this happy organ music. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of, it's got this counterpoint underneath it um for those musically knowledgeable people out there so it's kind of like a bach piece almost like it sounds very much like a bach organ fugue it's got this main line and then this counter melody underneath it and it works out really well and i think they did a great job with it um because that's just kind of something that you don't really see in video games is like this classical music type of vibe um and it's not a long song or anything because it's just like i said when you're talking to the king so it's just a little piece uh, then there's another song called Gin and Tonic and Red Red Roses, which is basically just a straight up swing song. And uh, they do a little sample of Don't Mean a Thing if it ain't got that swing in it, so it's pretty cool. Um, so I like that a lot. Um, then Quesara Sara, which I love this song. whatever will be, will be, as they say, is a, ba- a bossa nova. And this song is the only, technically the only English lyrics in the entire game. Um, so... Like I said before, Lonely Rolling Star has an English translation, but it's not in-game. Uh, so the English lyrics for this, it says, I know you love me. I want to wad you up into my life. Let's roll up to be a single star in the sky. Which I like a lot, too. Yeah. I think it's a very pretty song. Uh, and then the last one I, I really like a lot is called Roll Me In, and it's just a really nice little samba tune. Um, so it's a very eclectic soundtrack. It's got a lot of stuff. It pulls from a lot of different genres uh, from music. So for somebody who has a hobby in that as well, it's very appealing to listen to a video game soundtrack. It's not just one thing or just chip tune the whole way through. It's very different. Yeah, it's very eclectic and really, like you said earlier, how IGN and GameSpot said, you know, won their awards for the best music in 2004 for any video game um it it's literally one of the best soundtracks ever and it pairs so well with just the objective of rolling up objects yeah and each song pairs so well with the time limit too that you have for Mm -hmm. each level yeah exactly so like not all not all these songs are on the same time or on the same level you know it, it switches up so you have different songs with different levels or different stars and different constellations and stuff like that. What's um, the song for the last level when you have when you have to roll up the moon? I guess it would be the twenty five minute long level near the is end. Is that the cherry tree one? Uh, I can't remember. Um, you know what? It might actually be Lonely Rolling Star. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I could be wrong about that. Who knows? I don't remember. Um, I just, this is, I don't have, I think I have two video game soundtracks on vinyl. 
And this is one of them. Like that says yeah. a lot. I don't buy a lot of vinyl because I'm very specific about what I want, what albums I want on vinyl. But this is one of them. And then Donkey Kong Country is the other. But uh, <laughs> it's just such a good, such a good album. And um, the the print that I have of it on, on the vinyl is done by Mondo. And it's uh, two records. One is a neon pink and one is a neon green. And it, they did a really great job with paying attention to detail. Like the record sleeves have little stuff that you would roll up on them and the artwork is beautiful and it just sounds really good. So they did a good job with that. I don't know if they still have that available, but if they do, I'm sure you can get it from somewhere. Yeah. If they do, I highly recommend picking it up if you're a fan of the soundtrack. And even if you've never played this game, uh, just listen to the OST on YouTube and, and you'll yeah. probably be a fan of the music at the very least. This is definitely one of the soundtracks that I put on if I need to focus. Like there are a couple yeah. of video game soundtracks or, like YouTube videos that have compilations of video game music that I listen to when I need to focus. And this is hundred percent one of them. Absolutely. That's so good. So the graphics for Katamari Damashi are so bright and so colorful, but yet so simple. It's almost like a cubist painting. Um, they remind me of an Andy Warhol painting as yeah. well, like very pop culture or on a darker side, uh, Spanish artists, Joan Cornella. And if you aren't familiar with his art, look him up or just search for fucked up comic artist because I forgot his name. And I searched <laughs> up that exact thing and it was like one of the first ones. Oh my God. He does really, uh, I mean, he does like human drawings like Katamari humans um, that are just doing really messed up things. Yeah, I think the graphics are great because they're just detailed enough that you get what each thing is and you yeah. r- you enjoy it but it's also not detailed at all because it you're rolling up stuff so you don't really need to focus on you know what i don't know what the person's face looks like or anything so it's fine to have like a square face with eyes and a mouth or whatever Absolutely. you know like it's totally fine but and i think that's the other thing is why this game is still such a favorite is I've played it, I, we'll talk about it a little bit, I'm sure, but I've played it, the, the re-roll on the Switch, and I played it on the PS2, and honestly, like, besides the fact that it's just upgraded graphics, like, that game aged really well because of how it was done in the graphics. It's just Absolutely. very simple, very bright, very colorful, and it works. It still works to this day. It really does. And uh, this game actually ended up in MoMA in 2012 which would be, what, eight years after it came out. Yeah. The Century of the Child Growing by Design Exhibit. It was a look at the 20th century preoccupation designers had with developing and designing specifically for children. So this exhibit was pretty cool. I actually read an article where they were talking about how this was one of the first video games that ended up in the Museum of Modern Art. And uh, they were talking about this exhibit where they're talking about things like how like playground equipment and things like that. And then also, you know, toys and then this video game, you know, like there was just it was stuff that it gave example to how it was to be a child, basically, I guess. Yeah. And it's really cool that this ended up on there. This is a very childlike game in a way. Um, It's very simple. But it's also simple enough that adults enjoy it too. And there's no, you don't have an age on this game, I don't think at all. No, I, what is it rated? It's probably E. Yeah, it's probably, it should be. Yeah, I I wouldn't think that it would be. But I mean, like, you could give that game to a four year old or you could give it to a 90 year old. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. They could both enjoy it. Yeah. You know, and the controls are that simple that it just makes sense in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. It's an intuitive game for sure. Yeah, and uh, talking about children, though, too, Takahashi now designs playgrounds for children. Did you know that? No, I didn't see that. That's cool. I like that. Well, that's cool because he started off with that sculpture. Mm -hmm. He started off with a sculpture, what, degree or whatever from a university. Yeah. So that's cool. I also think that probably leads a little bit to the way it was made, like the the QB design of it and everything. The way he, he was trained just thinking about it on artistic level and not like a video game designer level because he wasn't a video game designer in any sense he just had a vision and sold it to namco because he was friends with someone from namco yeah 
So, yeah, it's really cool. So, I ask you, Kelly, even mm-hmm. though this game is cute, vibrant, with happy tunes, and no actual enemies, is there an underlying dark side to Katamari Damashi? Yeah. The prince is tasked to make things right because of his father's antics. And alcoholism. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the king is never appreciative of you helping him. Yeah, and he's also really angry when you don't do it in the time limit, and he gets those lightning bolts and gets real dark. When you are small, larger living creatures seem to want to attack you. But when you get bigger, those objects then flee from you. Mm -hmm. When you roll up any item, it makes a noise. But when you roll up a living creature, being a cow or a human... Sounds like they are in pain and might have just crushed their back under the weight of the Katamari ball. That's probably my least favorite thing about this game. (laughs) (laughs) Every time you hit a human, they're just like, (laughs) (laughs) it's the worst sounds ever. Or sometimes they just like say something nonsensical or like make a weird noise. Like, depending on what kind of human you roll up, they make different noises. But as a society, Is this game teaching us that we as humans have too much stuff? And really, we should all pray to the king of the cosmos to send down the prince and his mighty Katamari ball to save us all. What would you do if there was a Katamari ball and it started rolling up your video game collection? Mm, I'd watch it. Would you be sad? Yeah, if he was crushing cardboard boxes and stuff, you know, <laughs> I'd be like, damn. But, like, what if he, like, rolled away and all of your video games were just stuck to this Katamari ball and he was just like, like what would you feel like you were, would you feel empowered because your games were becoming part of the cosmos? Maybe. Also, depending on how large he was, your house might be gone, too, so. Yeah, That's I mean, different. if he was just rolling up video games, he'd be pretty small and could probably, like just like put them in a box real quick he's just forgoing the ball completely and just packing them into yeah a box. yeah yeah <laughs> that he couldn't roll up anything else okay but i would also cheer him on i'd be like you know fuck it it's 2021 like just get get rid of everything it's fine <laughs> we're starting fresh yeah okay how about you I think I'd be a little sad because, like, you know, once the Katamari's gone, what am I supposed to do? But, like, if you're watching this, wouldn't you be like, all right, like, if a small person came into your house and was like, yeah, I'm taking all this shit, you know, like, and threw it in a bag. It's like the same thing as, like, a prince with a Katamari ball rolling it up one's robbery and one's a video game character so it's so robbery (laughs) it's just a different way of robbery he's cute so i don't think i'd be too mad at him but i would be a little sad because i would have nothing to do probably so that's probably why i'd be a little sad (laughs) yeah i put him in a shoebox with no items to roll up (laughs) so you'd be like you're mine motherfucker capture him okay i'm taking you to the moma (laughs) (laughs) that's an exhibit yeah uh so let's talk about news coverage so katamari damasi was in japan first as we had said uh but there were really no plans to bring it over to the united states um until 2004 uh when he takahashi was invited to show it off um, and they really liked it, and they wanted it over here. Um, so they did release it here, but never in Europe. So that's interesting. It is interesting. So I'm glad we got it here because this game is fantastic, and it brings that quirky Japanese culture and vibes over here. So let's read some reviews from 2004 when it was first released to see how other people responded to the release of Katamari Damacy. So GameSpot gave an 8.7 out of 10 and said, Katamari Damacy is far and away one of the strangest, most original games to come along in years. GamesRadar said, With so many games trying to defend their value by cramming every style and mode into one unpalatable mix, it is refreshing to play something conceived with such vibrant and capacious clarity. Nice word. Thank you. Play.tm said... (laughs) One of the greatest video games ever made. <laughs> Do you Play. like how simple mine was? 
I also like how it was play.tm. Yeah. <laughs> but I also agree with play.tm. Yeah, I do too. Uh, so Game Over Game Reviews gave it a 92% and said Katamari Damacy is a simple, addictive, colorful, and cheap. $20 gets you about 10 hours of entertainment and more if you're a completionist. Very true. It's also it's also difficult to describe in any way that makes any sort of sense since it's one of those uniquely Japanese games that seems to have been conceptualized in the depths of a fever dream. It's spent a few months as a successful import title, but I'm amazed it's been localized. It's crazy that it was only twenty bucks. I know. I was just thinking that when I read that, I was like, "Is this game really only twenty yeah. bucks?" Like it almost has retained its full value still. Oh, I mean, it's worth more than that. I think. Oh, is it now? Yeah, I haven't looked at. I didn't yeah, look at what how much it was. I think it is because I think I bought it for like ten bucks. Yeah. Uh, Inside Gamer Online gave it ninety percent. At twenty bucks, this game is a steal, and the unadulterated joy and hallucinogenic aura you experience makes it a must-play for anyone with a PS2. Totalgames.net gave it a eighty-eight <sighs> percent. Very few games today are so brazenly simplistic, yet still so huge in scale. So this really is a rare treat, but not rare enough to give it more than an 88%. Right? (laughs) IGN gave it a 90%. It's something that's fun, something that's happy, and something that's so well put together and so enjoyable. Whatever faults it may have fade behind the laughter and smiles. It's so effortlessly... Effortlessly creates. Holy shit. <laughs> so I agree with a lot of these reviews. Yeah. It, they're talking about how it, it's they a were very like all sim- positive. A very simple game, very happy game, and very easy with a, a short gameplay period and a low price point, which is absolutely what this game is. It's it's not a lot, you know, it's unless you are a completionist. It's not a lot, it's not a long game to dive yourself into. But it's so enjoyable. It really is. So Sony advertised the game on numerous billboards and posters across Japan and created an infamous television ad of a businessman waiting for an appointment rolling up office furniture and staff. I I like that it reminded me of this meme I saw one time on the internet where it was just somebody who was cosplaying as the prince. Oh, really? And they were just standing at the top of like a stairway or something, like <laughs> overlooking a railing at like a comic con. So there was just tons of people yeah. on the ground floor. <laughs> and all it just says is soon. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, so Katamari Damashi was seen as a sleeper hit. And because of not expecting it to have such critical success, retailers did not purchase enough copies to meet with the demand that went hand in hand with its sudden popularity. Once it was listed as one of the best games of 2004 by Time Magazine, orders were flying in which had many video game retailers scrambling to purchase more. That's crazy. That I mean, I don't, I don't disagree that people probably didn't think this would do well. This is essentially an indie game for 2004. And it's such a Japanese game. Yes, it was very... I mean, there were Japanese games out there. And, you know, a lot of the Namco titles had that Japanese vibe Mm -hmm. to it. But this was very quirky and very weird. And I don't... We didn't see anything like that, you know, until this point. And I think that kind of opened up a door for a lot of people to traverse into nowadays when we look at indie games and stuff. I don't think we would have had the same type of indie games if we didn't have Katamari to start us off. Yeah, I think it really just opened the brains of developers and indie developers to be like, hey, I can create something that's out of the ordinary, that's not just gun violence or a Dragon Quest hero, you know, saving the day. Yeah. This was a this was a game that didn't have enemies. It didn't really have like a lot of structure in it it didn't you know like if you do the tutorial it takes you like two seconds to finish it like there's not a lot behind this game so now we have games in the indies and indie developers and in online and purchasable physically that are really simple games and i think they wouldn't have thought oh i can just have no enemies and we can just vibe out here in this game you know without having 
you know, to worry about all this yeah. stuff like normal, quote unquote, normal video games. Just make a puzzler fun. Yeah, keep it simple and sweet, you yeah. know, just have the controls proper with it and have them work. And I know one part in the game, if you like glitch out, if for some reason you like fall off the map in the game, which has never happened to me, but I've read about this, that the king of the cosmos will throw back your katamari ball back into the level and be like, Oh, sorry. Like my bad. I didn't, I've never had that happen to me. I got stuck in a hole the other day. Were you able to get out? Eventually. It took me like, 30 seconds but yes ah, i got out. Yeah. yeah yeah but it was like the whole uh i can't remember which level it was but when you know the guy's putting in the backyard mm-hmm. and there's the golf hole i got stuck in the little oh, golf wow. hole. that's funny yeah so you're small it was small enough yeah 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 that's great <laughs> so what's uh your overall experience with this game we we both have been playing it this past week we've played it way before that we've you know became closer friends knowing that we both love this game yeah. so much for me this is one of my favorite games so i would give this a five out of five absolutely this is absolutely one of the best games i've ever played uh it's up there with games that i can replay and it will help me feel calmer and yeah. feel you know when when things are overwhelming in the wheel the real world sometimes you don't want to play a shooter or you don't want to play Something that's like a quest-based game or, you know, something that involves violence. Something you just want to chill out and you want to escape to a world where it's better. And this is that world, you know. You can listen to the happy songs and look at the bright, colorful things around you and just enjoy it. Yeah, this is a game that you can't really get angry at. Mm -hmm. Like, there was times you know this week when i was playing it that i was like oh i fucked up right in the beginning i was like let me restart it yeah you can get frustrated this yeah. game absolutely but it's definitely not a throw your controller break no, your controller kind of game all. whereas other ones that you could play like you could start off and be like i'm having a terrible day i'm gonna go play video games and then you feel worse after it because mm-hmm. you just constantly lost or you keep messing up or something keeps happening and you just can't get it, and then you just keep driving yourself into frustration, and this is not that game. It's definitely not. This is probably the best feel-good game when it comes to a pick-up-and-put-down type of game. Yeah. You know, this is... You can play 10 minutes of it and get through a level, or you yeah. could play through the whole game in one day if you really wanted to. Oh, absolutely. And uh, still go back to it. And want to play more of it. The replayability on this game is probably the biggest part of this game as well. Because it's all about getting to a bigger size or getting more items than the last run that you did. Yeah, like you can do well, but you could always do better. And I think that's kind of what the King of the Cosmos is telling you. Like, he's excited that you've completed your mission or whatever, but you could always do better he's never satisfied but there's been levels that i've gotten 100 percent on that yeah. i've literally rolled up everything on and he's like oh shit like yeah. it's been a while like i didn't do it this week while replaying this game but he's like oh wow oh oh okay yeah. like he's like stunned he's stunned you know? yeah because i got like 89 percent on one of the first couple levels when i started playing yeah and i was like he was like, oh, wow, that's great. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, like, yeah. He was just really stoked about it. But I think it's even like different words that he says when it's 100%. He's just Probably. like, oh, shit, like you, you did it. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> like there's nothing <laughs> else really that you can do. It. Yeah. Yay. Like there's no reason I can be angry at you for this right. one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So how many beers would you give this? Five. Five out of five. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd times it by two. So I'd do a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, it's out of five, so. This game is the best game ever. Uh, yes. I, if I could give it more beers, I would, absolutely. I think it's, it's... Is there anything that you would change about this game? I don't think so. Maybe um, make it longer? Yeah, I would love... I mean, so this game has a re-release, quote-unquote, on the Switch right now. Uh, it's called Katamari Reroll. And uh, I think it's probably at a $20 price point by now. Right now on the eShop, I looked it up today, it's $9.89. Well, jeez. I've seen it I've seen it like Best Buy for $19.99. So, yeah. yeah, it's absolutely at the right price point right now. Yeah. Um, and like I said earlier, it 
is updated graphics, but at the same time, you could play it on the PS2 and it would feel the same. It's very, it's very simple. So um, I liked that that had the portability of it. Like I love playing Katamari, so the ability to take it and play it on the couch while my husband's watching TV or, you know, just lay with it in bed and relax is really nice. And not to say that there aren't other Katamari games that are handhelds, but this game specifically was so good to have it in handheld mode is absolutely amazing. So yeah, I think with that also the, you have the replayability on that. And then there's just, you have options with the switch and stuff like you don't normally have with the PlayStation two. Um, I can't remember where I was going with this. I mean, so <laughs> you just sold me a PS3, and I've been playing it off the PS3 that's backwards compatible, and it's really nice because I have the HDMI cord, mm-hmm. and I have cordless controller. Yeah. And I wanted to play the actual original game. Yes, that's I what did, I did, too. Yeah, I didn't want to play the re-roll. Like, I just beat that last year. Yeah, absolutely, I did, too. And it, that was the other thing, is I wanted to play the original. Because, I mean, it's the, it's the same game. It's just slightly different. Um, and just, like, a couple little nuances. And like you said earlier, the graphics just hold up so well. I was playing it on my PS2 yesterday on a, what, 27-inch CRT. Yeah. It's the same game. <laughs> it really is. It's the same game. It's good. It's very good. <laughs> it's so good. But yeah, absolutely. If you don't have a PlayStation 2, I recommend getting it on your Switch if you have one. I think more people have that now. <laughs> yeah. Feels like. Or um, it's also a great game as a gift to somebody who's just getting into gaming or a kid um, or just like a, a casual gamer, you know, somebody who's just getting getting started with it or likes to relax and play games. So. I definitely recommend this game to basically anybody because I think it's a staple and it should be played. And I think everybody would be a lot happier from it. I agree. So do you want to go back to why we chose the beer that we chose? Oh, yeah. Let's let's do that. So we are drinking on the Lucis Nature. I guess that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Nature. Sure. I guess um, so. So this is from Evergreen Beer, which we love their beer. It's very local to us. Uh, Lucis Natura is, the definition is a freak of nature, actually. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess that would definitely apply to a Katamari ball. Because I think if I saw that in real life, I'd be like, that's... Really weird. <laughs> Do you want to describe the label on? This yes, beer? absolutely. So we're looking at like a neon teal blue kind of situation, um, and then it's got like this bubblegum pink kind of looking um, mass in the middle of it. I'll say he has like arms and legs, but he's also got like mushrooms growing off of him that are in a, like a green color, and he's got a bunch of little friends around him that are just like weird-looking monster kind of things that are flying and standing, and I don't know. But it's a really bright and colorful can, which is kind of why we chose this. Um, it also is a hazy, juicy, tropical double IPA. Um, so that's another thing. I think we chose this beer because of the flavor. Uh, knowing not what the flavor was, but the flavor profile, I think that a tropical double IPA would absolutely cover the Katamari world. Yeah. Like if you if you were to give the king of the cosmos a beer, he would want something tropical or something fruity. And I feel like he's a double IPA guy. Yeah. And the king of the cosmos, he's packing a lot of heat down there, you know? He is. And this beer is packing a lot of heat being, uh, what, 8.5? 8.2. Yeah. Could have been an 8.5. It could have. If it wanted to. Yeah, they could have made it that. <laughs> if they just tried a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the King of the Cosmos would yeah. have said. Yeah. If you tried a little harder, you could have been an 8.5, but you're an 8.2 kid. That's all right. You're That's always fine. going to be an 8.2 That's kid. That's fine, but. <laughs> but no, I mean, this beer pairs very well with Katamari. And. Another thing about Katamari Damashi that we said, you know, privately is that this is a great game to play while fucked up or drunk or anything. Absolutely. This is a game that 
we both have participated in when we were not in our right state of yeah. minds. And, and it's easy to play. Oh, it's so good. It doesn't matter. Like a lot of the games you play when you're like playing, like when I go and play, you know, a match of Call of Duty Zombies with my friends online and I want to drink a beer with it. It's like, yeah, you can. But I also feel like, shit, I'm going to be terrible in yeah. like two beers. You know, like I'm just I'm going to start declining. But in this, it's like it doesn't matter. You're already like in the fucking sky anyway. Yeah. So we the might worst as well that be can there. happen to you is that lightning bolts will rain down from your dad. And I mean, that makes you feel a little bad, but. But then you try again. And then you get it eventually, yeah. and it's fine. There's not really a game over to this game. No, it's just like you did it or you didn't do it, and then you got to try again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is a fantastic game, fantastic beer. It's a good happy hour. Yeah. Thanks for joining me, Kelly. Well, thank you for having me. So if you like what you heard today, please rate, review, and subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Um, you already know because this is a Patreon episode, but if you'd like to hear more, uh, please continue to subscribe so we can continue creating more episodes for you. Uh, and then also follow us on our socials of Precisely Podcast. We out. Thank you, guys. We out. Hey, Kelly. Thanks for meeting. Oh, my God. Damn it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you can just leave that in. It just lets Sam take care of it. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. Sorry, Sam. Party. Hey, Kelly. Thanks for meeting up with me for a happy hour beer. Hey, bartender. No, I should probably wait for you to say hey. Probably. All right. All right. Take that out, too. <laughs> This is gonna go great. Ah, uh, alright. Take five. Sí, claro.